if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we will do the June 2023 update. Let's look at that. But before to start, let's first present you our sponsor, which is MedBoard.com. MedBoard is a platform that is helping you for your regulatory intelligence. So let's see who is exactly MedBoard. MedBoard, the regulatory research and intelligence platform, is focused on solving the problem with increasing news and data and new requirements as regulatory intelligence, post-market surveillance, clinical literature review, and many more. We are making trusted MedTech information and data more accessible, creating the largest information portal search and the best tools for review, intelligence and portfolio management. We are already changing people's lives like you by reducing tedious manual and repetitive work or saving much time. Contact us at medboard.com to learn more about us and do a free trial. Okay, first topic of today is um, notified bodies. Uh, so we have just the situation of the notified body for Europe, for EU, MDR and EUIVDR. There are no new notified bodies that were happening. So actually we have 38 for MDR and 10 for IVDR. And uh, when you look at the picture, actually there are uh, still eight that are in the CAPA review for UMDR and three for IVDR. There are more in the process, but in the final phase for the CAPA, uh, which is the final phase before they can really go through the, uh, the next, um, uh, the next uh, phase, uh, mainly to be on the Nando database, uh, there are around eight for MDR and three for IVDR. So um, we look forward for them. Actually, as I said, we have 38 and 10, um, which is, um, the a number that is really lower than what we had under MDD. Under MDD we had around 60, so 50 something and or 60. Uh, so if we can first reach this number can be really great. And then uh, if we can have more later will be also uh, really awesome for, uh, for the medical device manufacturer. But here is the actual picture uh, if you were asking yourself what's the situation now. Okay, in March we had the um, update of the, I mean the update of the UMDR and IVDR for the extension, but now they are consolidating the um, the text. So for UMDR and IVDR, so um, go on the show notes to get the new links uh, that you maybe will bookmark within your browser uh, for the new MDR and IVDR, which are telling you mainly uh, what are the changes. So you can see here there is the M3 change for MDR, which is mainly for uh, the uh, extension. Uh, so all the new dates that were mentioned there. 
um, are now disclosed on the um, on the text. Um, so what is important is that um, you are now reviewing all your strategies uh, due to these extensions. Next week, uh, we'll have a podcast episode talking specifically about uh, that, about the extension, the consequences. We have seen a lot of drops um, in the requests from manufacturers on the uh, program for UMDR and IVDR. Uh, and we think it's because of this extension. We had a lot of people that were asking us. Uh, so mainly, yeah, we'll talk about that next week with uh, Florian Tolkmit uh, from ProLiance. So um, don't hesitate, yeah, just to, to listen to our, our discussion. Okay, now that we have the extension, um, there is also something that is really important. It's about the confirmation that you are eligible for this extension. Normally, as soon as you are following the uh, requirements and that you are on the... Um, companies that are eligible for that, there is no real issue. But um, the commission has issued what we call a confirmation letter template to be signed by your notified bodies to say that, yes, you are really eligible for that. Uh, it's not, for me, it's not mandatory. It's not really required by, by the law. But uh, you'll see later, we have some countries that are asking these letters. Um, and this can be a bit difficult. We also talk about that with uh, Florian Tolkien next uh, next week. Um, this can be something somehow difficult because uh, I ha we have some cases of manufacturers that were under a previous notified body, now that are under a new notified body, then the, if I can say, validity of the NDD certificate under the previous one, signature of the agreement with the new one. So then it's also like um, a, bit, um, a bit complex. Uh, so yeah, this is mainly something that um, uh, you can request a confirmation letter and here is the template that is provided and team NB also has been participating to the review and also published that on their on their website. The consequences of this extension also has impacted uh, the MDCG guidance 2020-3 for significant changes. Uh, so you have this new revision that was uh, published now where we have um, mainly the uh, the changes but this revision was also great to align also some of the text because there was a lot of uh, text that was not really um, well well um, written uh, so I think yeah uh, you can look at now this new version of the 2020-3 revision it's really an important one because if you if your product um, has uh, is going through a significant change, you have to inform the authorities, but if you are a legacy device, you have then to move immediately to uh, the EUMDR or IVDR. And um, I we have discussed about that with uh, Martin Vitter from Sud on our podcast. So this is something that you have really to, um, to consider. So this guidance is really important for you. I really advise you to include this within your change control process. Each time you do a change, mention if this, uh, check if this, if there is a significant change uh, within your process and for Europe. There is the same process for US, for Australia, for Brazil, for all the other countries. So, uh, and they don't have the same rules in terms of significant changes. So you have really to include that within your change control process. Another consequence of the extension is an update of the Annex 16 uh, timelines. Um, there is a proposal for this update. Actually, there is no change. This is the same timeline as before, but there is a proposal now uh, that is um, issued and uh, you have until 
mid of June, if I remember, I can't remember the date now, uh, to provide your 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 uh, um, advice or to check if everything is fine for your side. But uh, when you look now at the timelines, they are beyond the one for UMDR and IVDR. So if you go through the one from 2027 or 2028 timeline, then maybe your new timeline is 2029. Uh, so it's something that is uh, it is really going beyond what what was what is done now with the UMDR. So check this if you are in the within the Annex 16 products because really this make um, some changes to your timelines. It's better for you. But it's also good to have that in, in, uh, in mind when you will be applying to a notified body because you still need to benefit for this extension. You still need to have a contract with a notified body. Another um, consequence for this extension is that multiple countries are now talking about this extension and also um, they are advising how you can get confirmation letter from the competent authority. Spain is in this case and they are asking, uh, telling you that mainly uh, if you are, you have signed a, a contract with the CNCPS uh, that you can request from them a letter uh, regarding this extension of uh, of the UMDR uh, so that you can also show that to a third party country so they recognize that mainly uh, there can be some issues because uh, a third party country is asking you for confirmation that yes you are part of this extension and then you have no proof uh, so then they are understanding that and they are telling that if you have an agreement with the CNCPS uh, you can then uh, request uh, this letter directly from, from them. Okay, now in Italy, we have um, a new launch of a new project, which is the EMDN maintenance project launched. So mainly, um, you remember that before under MDD, we were more looking at the nomenclature called GMDN. Now under MDR, they are saying that this nomenclature should be free of charge and there was no agreement with GMDN. So now they created uh, the EMDN that is issued from the CND, which is an Italian nomenclature. Now there is a question about six, I mean, a few years now after the uh, the, the use of the EMDN codes and EMDN nomenclatures. Now there is a question about how we can maintain uh, these EMDN codes. And then there is this group uh, with the EU Commission, the Italian also Ministry of Health, that um, launched a project uh, to do that. Uh, so the project is called, uh, I mean, the group is called CMEMDN. Yeah, see, I, I can't remember what is the, the mention of that, but the, the meaning of that. But mainly this group objective is mainly to have a periodic update of the EMDN. Uh, also, if there is any need of in information or clarification related to the uh, nomenclature, um, if there is um, to make also some uh, tool available for the use of the EMDN, like this platform, the website that we have here, and to support the commission in collaboration with the World Health Organization, the WHO, uh, so in case there are some questions or some, some needs. So this is really this objective of the, this group. Uh, that will be in charge of, of that. So if you have maybe an issue with the EMDN code, so then maybe you will have to uh, to discuss with this um, this group that will be checking and helping you and supporting you for that. Okay, Finland is reminding us that um, medical devices are medical devices, but uh, there are other legislation that may apply to medical devices. And one of them is the AROHS, uh, which is the uh, Restriction of Hazardous Substances Act. Uh, mainly, this is um, um, uh, uh, a uh, project or um, a legislation that is um, helping, I mean, limiting 
and the use of certain metals, plasticizers, fire, retardants uh, on electric and electronic devices. Uh, so means also that even if you are following the EUMDR, you have also to look at those legislation. The EUMDR is also including some requirements in terms of CMR, so carcinogen, mutagen, or substances that are toxic for reproductibility, uh, reproduction, uh, sorry. Uh, so these should be linked. So it means that if you have an electronic or electrical medical device, you should also uh, make a gap assessment through the ROHS uh, to verify if you are complying to that. So good that the Finnish or authority is reminding that to us. You can go to the show notes to see the information and how uh, they are looking at that. Okay, a new training session will be issued for uh, EUMDR, uh, which is uh, the Green Belt Certification Program. So we had that every nearly every month. Um, so this new session will be from June 26th until June 30th. So during this session, we'll look at everything about EUMDR. So each step uh, for uh, understanding the, this process, each step on understanding this legislation, with also all the new updates. So don't hesitate to come to check um, anything that, uh, I mean, if you have any concern or any question, you can also during this training ask a lot of questions. Uh, during day one, we'll go through the general overview with the timelines. Day two, we'll go through the economic operators. Day three, we'll go through uh, the clinical, uh, classification, qualification, conformity assessment, notified bodies. Uh, day four, we'll go through technical file, quality management system, clinical evaluation. Um, day five, we'll go through UDAMED, uh, UDI, etc., etc. So, and day six, we'll, you can start to do your exam. You have one week then to uh, finalize your exam. And if you pass the exam, then you get your uh, Green Belt Certification Program, uh, Green Belt Certificate, uh, which is um, showing that you have really passed uh, the exam with uh, 80% of, of success. So don't hesitate to go to the show notes to check um, the, the program and then also to enroll before, the, uh, before June 26th. Now in Switzerland, we have a lot of guidances, I mean, three guidances that were issued about uh, incident reporting. Uh, the first guidance was about the economic operators, when they should report, how they should report, what is really their role and duty about incident related to the, uh, the products. Um, the second one was about uh, users also, like doctors, for, uh, I mean, professionals, uh, users uh, that uh, are using devices, uh, using some devices. So the objective is mainly for them to directly report to Swiss Medic or use um, uh, somebody from the hospital, which is called uh, the vigilance contact person. And the third guidance is about this vigilance contact person. So how to designate this vigilance contact person, who can be your vigilance contact person and what is their role. So this is the third guidance that was also issued uh, by uh, Swiss Medic. So don't hesitate to look at those guidances. Update also your procedures, check if you are complying to them. Uh, and uh, if you are an hospital also, and uh, you need also some training on uh, the uh, medical device regulation in also in Switzerland for, um, for learning more about this kind of thing, you can also contact Easy Medical Device and we can also come and uh, make a training for, for the hospitals on, on that. So if you need some people that uh, have a clear understanding of what is happening within the medical device field, uh, also how to report an incident, what kind of documentation are needed, so don't hesitate, we can also make a training for, for the hospitals. Okay, United Kingdom now, they are issuing also a lot of uh, guidances. Um, the first one is an update to the 
um, the web page how to register medical devices in the UK. This update was mainly to include uh, video tutorials about how to use their platform for the registration of medical devices. So don't hesitate to go there. There are a lot of videos on how to do that. If you are uh, outside of the UK and then you want to register your device in the, in the UK, you need a UK responsible person. So Easy Medical Device can help you for that uh, because only the UK responsible person will have access to the platform to register your device, register your importers, etc., etc. So don't hesitate also to go uh, through your UK responsible person if you have any question about registration within the UK uh, MHRA. So UK is issuing a new, uh, I mean, is planning to issue a new regulatory pathway, uh, which is uh, the regulatory pathway for innovative medical technologies. We talked about that um, some, some time ago. So um, this is something that is really planned and is really interesting uh, to go through. Uh, this is only a project, as we said for now, but if this is really happening, it means that some innovative products can maybe have a fast track to uh, go to the market. The same as what happens with the US, with the breakthrough procedures that they have. Um, it would have been great that also the EU is thinking with the UMDR to have this kind of um, innovative uh, pathway. Anything that is innovative should go through that uh, that uh, route and then can benefit from um, maybe being on the market as an innovative product. But it's not existing for the moment in Europe. So it means that if you are a company that is a really innovative company, you have to go to the, through the same way as any other devices. No additional support will be provided to, to you. But if you go to the US, for example, you have the breakthrough procedure and I hope maybe if you go to the UK, there will be this uh, IDAP, which is Innovative Devices Access Pathway uh, process that will be uh, available. So let's look at that when it will happen then. So the UK Metro is also issuing an assistive technology um, process or guidance, which is talking more about um, process, pro uh, I mean, um, so some products like wheelchairs uh, or other devices like a can that you are using to, to move, if I can say. So the point here is uh, also to guide you in terms of um, qualifying your product as a medical device or not. There are some wheelchairs that are medical devices because they are really assisting people to move from A to B because they cannot without that. But there are also some, as mentioned on this guidance, some wheelchairs that are just used in hospitals uh, for moving patients for uh, comfort, not really because they cannot move by themselves, um, and which is then not considered as medical devices. The line is really thin between both because many at the end the one that is used just for comfort can also be used uh, for normal patient, for um, disabled patient. There are a lot of examples like also cushion that are used in hospitals or cushion that are used uh, for wheelchair. Uh, so you, if you are in this assistive technology um, devices, uh, I think this guidance is really useful for you to understand how you can qualify or not qualify your product as a medical device and what is really, um, what are really the process that you should go through because mainly those products are normally class one devices, so they don't need a notified body, but maybe some of them need a notified body. So you have really to um, make a gap uh, assessment for for your products for on that on that way. Okay, new guidance for the UK. It's about uh, how to report adverse events for a software. So there are um, a lot of software as medical devices SAMD that are existing now. Um, so now the point is how to report. Uh, I mean, what to report first? What what are the things to report? 
when you have an issue with the software like um, misdiagnosis of your software so your software is not re-diagnosing the, the right things uh, delay of diagnosis uh, delay of treatment inappropriate treatment absence of treatment or trans uh, transfusion of inappropriate materials so you have a lot of cases that are discussed on this uh, guidance on when your device which is maybe a device that is trying to diagnose or to treat a patient um, a software that is doing that so when it's not following really correctly the intended purpose when should you start to report incident because yes when a medical device is not performing correctly when a medical device is failing to undo something you have normally to verify uh, if this is something that should be reported to your authority and here is specifically for a software as medical devices so if you are a software manufacturer i really advise you to look at that and maybe also update your procedures in terms of reporting to just mention exactly what are the cases or some examples of when you should report to the authorities okay now some newsletters to read so you have uh, the uh, MLV uh, newsletters, which is uh, for MedTech leading voices. Uh, this is a newsletter that is issued uh, every week where we talk really about um, uh, anything that's happening within the medical device field for quality, regulatory affairs, etc. Um, this week, there was um, the, the one about how to bring medical devices to the market in the UK uh, with uh, Matt Burton uh, uh, featured uh, on, the, on the MLV uh, newsletter. So don't hesitate to go to this uh, newsletter to subscribe on LinkedIn. Uh, there are a lot of information, a lot of things that can be interesting. Some things maybe are not interesting for you, but just being there, you will see what is happening also uh, on the on the field. And the second one is about, I mean, it's not a newsletter, it's more a blog, but it's uh, Eric Volbrek with Medical Devices Legal. Legal. So medicaldevicesleguel.com. Uh, and you have all the news about what's happening within the medical device uh, regulations, uh, latest about this extension, that we discussed and how when it will be applied so this is something that is really uh, interesting and when you read that you will see that yeah it's not uh, it's sometime with a lot of humor so it's really a uh, really an interesting uh, read if you have never done that so everything is on the show notes don't hesitate to go and to subscribe or to uh, follow those uh, those blogs okay now in the rest of the world we have Australia that is uh, issuing guidance on uh, applying the advertising code rules. So mainly when you are advertising your medical devices, you have to follow some rules. And this is really a great document. I suppose if you read it carefully, all what is mentioned then it can be also applied to Europe. Uh, I don't think we have this kind of documents for Europe because each country has its own law. So, but MDR or the commission maybe could have issued the same kind of document would be really great uh, because if it's talking about a lot of cases here for example misleading by making some inaccurate and false claims or representing a product as safe or miraculous when it's not uh, or using languages that could uh, that could cause fear and distress so to make people buy uh, the product etc so this is really a great um, uh, review that can be done and really I think for me if you take that and you use that for Europe, it's really applicable also. So I think you, you are then using some good practices for advertising of, of medical devices. But this is mainly for Australia. I hope Europe will maybe look at that and 
think of creating an MDCG guidance for, for, for it also. Next one is Canada. We have a consultation open um, until June 29th for the change of the, um, the regulation in Canada for the medical device regulation in Canada. Uh, so there are some, some updates of definition like the uh, definition of recall. Uh, they should establish a regulatory framework also for recall. Uh, there are a lot of elements that are mentioned there and they are asking your opinion. I mean, the opinion of uh, the people that are using that uh, legislation um, until June 29th. So don't hesitate to go to the uh, show notes, check um, those requirements. If you are selling your products to Canada, then maybe it's good to go and to give your opinion on that. And maybe some things will be really changing your uh, way of working. So it's important to know about that also in advance. India, they are issuing a, a list of all the uh, laboratories that can perform, do a performance evaluation for your uh, in vitro diagnostic device. Uh, so this is a list of all those laboratories we have made last um, last time, I don't know, maybe last time also, a list of all the notified bodies that can be used in India, etc. So there are all those lists that are available. Uh, so lab, uh, Europe also is doing the same thing with EURL, uh, European uh, laboratories that can be also doing those uh, performance evaluation. So here it is the same done for, for India. So if you are planning to register your devices in India and you, it's an in vitro diagnostic, maybe you will need to go through those laboratories uh, to prove that your device is performant. Egypt, uh, so Egypt they are, they listen or they heard about uh, the EUMDR extension and now they are helping their um, uh, the companies that are trying to uh, register their products to Egypt to know how to handle the fact that their certificate their certificate may be expired already. Uh, so they heard about what's happening in Europe and they said that for them, um, the companies need to issue letters, like letters uh, issued by legal manufacturer, letter issued by notified body, or letter issued by competent authority. Um, I'm not sure if they want one of those or the three of them. It was not clear because it was in Arabic and I translated that. Uh, but yeah, third party, as we talked about the AMPS uh, in, in Spain, third party countries can require you to prove that you are benefiting from this extension of the UMDR. So it's really important for you to have a way to do that. You can do a self-declaration if, 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 if you want. Maybe they will not accept that. Then they will maybe to receive something official like from the AAMPS. Um, or you can also ask your notified body with a letter of confirmation and they can issue that to you. So normally, this should be fine, but it will take some time. So don't wait the last minute to do that. Do it now and try to require this document as soon as possible. Saudi Arabia now. Uh, so as usual, as last last month also, uh, they are issuing a lot of webinars. There are a lot of documents also that are um, issued from uh, Saudi Arabia Authority, but they are in Arabic and it's difficult for me to translate and to then uh, give you the information. But here there are also the webinars. Um, this month, the webinars are about uh, to explain the essential principle of safety and performance for medical devices that will be happening on June 19th, 2023. And the second one is about risk management for medical devices, ISO 14971 requirements. So which will be in June 12th, 2023. So don't hesitate to go um, when uh, it's in Arabic time, or it's in Saudi time. Um, so I'm not sure exactly where you are in the world, but um, it's the uh, Middle East time. Uh, then as soon as the time comes, you can go and at the bottom of the image, there is a click here and you click here and then it opens the, the webinar. 
Okay, now podcast nostalgia. So, uh, which podcast happened uh, this month or last month? Uh, so, first, the podcast uh, 231, the truth about the UK and uh, versus Europe situation uh, with Claire Dyson. So, we talked about UK uh, situation with the timeline, where well, uh, some extension. There are still some confusion because on all the documents that UK is issuing, they are saying, oh, the new timeline, the timeline uh, is the 30th of June 2023. Uh, be, uh, and after that, you have to be UKCA, but there is a future implementation, etc. But I mean, we are less than one month now, so I hope they will implement soon. There are changes because they have issued new dates, um, but they are still not implemented within the, the UK MHA website. But yeah, we'll have all the information with um, Claire Dyson on this podcast. Next one is about technical files inconsistency with. Um, uh, Adam Ray. So we discussed about what are the different issues that notified bodies are identifying within the, the technical files. So it's also a good document for you to uh, understand major errors that are always happening so that you are not doing them also. Next one is about what is uh, what if your medical device goes bankrupt with the current bad world. So um, as I've said, black on white on the UMDI, it says that if your company goes bankrupt, you have still some responsibility. So here we are discussing about that with the current bad world. And last one is how to master regulatory intelligence with uh, Ivan Perez Chamorro from Medboard, Medboard, who is the sponsor of this video. Um, so mainly we are discussing about how uh, you have to make it that you are uh, always up to date within your medical device um, knowledge uh, because you need this information for um, implementing the rules to your company for also your management review for always staying up to date for strategizing also what you have to do in the future like the extension of the UMDR or like the extension of the UK uh, so if you know about that you have you are in advance maybe to your competitors and then you can uh, plan accordingly and put the, the right budget at the right moment so uh, yeah we'll discuss about that so <coughs> Don't hesitate also to go to podcast.easymedicaldevice.com to see all the different podcasts that we had uh, within the platform. And also on the YouTube channel, we have also uh, all the videos uh, directly that you can see when you are seeing us. Okay, so Easy Medical Device is here to help you. So if you have any need for any service or any activity, don't hesitate to contact us at info at easymedicaldevice.com uh, for consulting, for uh, training, for authorized representative in UK, Europe, Switzerland, also for importer, don't hesitate to contact us. If you also need an electronic quality management system, we are uh, having SmartEye that uh, we are proposing and we are also helping you to implement it directly with all the procedures and everything. So you can also contact us and, and we help you for that. We are doing that in collaboration with the company s Technologies, uh, which is the one that is editing and, and creating this uh, this. Uh, software. So don't hesitate to contact us at info at easymedicaldevice.com when you need anything about consulting, authorized representative training or EQMS implementation. We are really here to, to help you on that. So thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, it was a pleasure for me to uh, provide you this uh, this episode of the podcast. So thank you very much. Uh, I really hope this is really helping you and helping uh, you to stay up to date. Don't hesitate to go to the show notes. We have placed all the links of what we have discussed today. And if you have any question, info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com. Okay, I wish you a nice day now. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.